welcome, welcome to the show. This is, uh, this is your favorite presidential candidate, future president of the United States, Bernie Sanders. Uh, last week, uh, Fritz abruptly, uh, cut out before I could finish my thoughts. And, uh, you know, I was left to talk about the debate that was coming up. And, uh, I look forward to, uh, it's, it's going to be the 12th, which is, uh, in six days, six short days. Uh, and, you know, the, to think we just finished up a, a 17 hour town hall all about green energy. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to get here early before Fritz even got set up. Uh, because there's there's probably a slight chance that he talks about nuclear energy, and I wanted to get my word in edgewise, hoping that he doesn't cut me off again, uh, because nuclear is no good, okay? Nuclear energy, they try to say is clean, it's not, it's dirty, it's not good for the environment, uh, it's not good for the Green New Deal, and, uh, you know, the, uh, the, I just needed to get that word in edgewide. I, I, oh, crap, I think he's coming. Um, I'm not going to be able to have conversations with him today. So just remember, if he says anything about nuclear energy, it's bad. Don't go for it. Don't go for it. You know, it's not good for the Green New Deal. I know what I'm talking about. We did, like, a 42-hour town hall on CNN about this. All right, I love you guys. Bye. Friday, September 6th, 2019, and clearly, clearly, if you have to ask yourself, I wonder if he's had his baby yet, why would I be recording this podcast if I had my baby already? Don't you think my hands would be just a, just a, a schmuck's dinner full, don't you? Yeah, I think that I would be a little bit busy, and I wouldn't be able to uh, sit down even for five minutes let alone 30 to 40, to record a whole podcast. Sorry, I'm probably getting a little, you know, touchy on that, because, you know, you get anxious about things, you get impatient about things, and, and that happens, you know. It's all part of the process, but, I, you know, it's it's just, it's a little, it's tiring. To, I mean, it's a good tiring, I guess, but it's like every day I showed up to work after the 4th, including on the 4th, you know, people saw my face and they were like, oh, oh, so you haven't had the baby yet? N- no, no, yeah, that you, I totally 
had the baby. I helped my wife, you know, deliver like, you know, two hours ago, but I'm just, I'm a dedicated company man. And here I am to work. No, come on to, to let the little light flick in your head before you, before you spout out a thought, man, <laughs> just, just think before you ask. So yeah, if, if you need any updates on it, you know, probably somebody's out there. Well, he didn't update the database blog, so he, I mean, maybe he is too busy. I don't know. My <laughs> my wife was just the other day. She's like, "You didn't put out a blog," and I'm like, "What am I supposed to put out? It's a parenting blog about this whole process about how we feel about all this stuff and and moving on and all that. And, you know, you know how how life has evolved and all that. What am I supposed to? I already wrote an article about patiently and anxiously waiting." What am I supposed to do? Write another one? <laughs> so, so that's where we stand with that. There's, there's no updates on that. I'm looking around my desk though. I gotta clean this desk up. That's, that's something like th- this is my thought process, by the way, too. Everybody's like, he's just, ta- he just talked about his baby, and now he's talking about his desk. What, what's going on here? I, my desk is totally crowded. I actually, it's because I have a new Lego set. I did a. Uh, Major Von Regs TIE Fighter. You might have seen it. It's the black and, and red TIE Fighter. He's, it's a character that they developed for this new Star Wars series stuff. It's like a extended universe character or whatever. He's not in the movies. He's not in the television shows. I think he's in a cartoon or something that they do. But it's a, it's a boss-looking TIE Fighter. <laughs> and it was a really, really fun build to do, by the way. But now it occupies space on my desk. So I have, like, I have the Millennium Falcon... I have Boba Fett's uh, Slave One, like the deluxe edition, so it's actually pretty freaking huge. It's staring at me. I have a, a First Order Tie Fighter. I have a Imperial AT-ST Chicken Walker. Got the uh, Anniversary Edition uh, Snow Speeder, among other things. Now my desk is just crowded. It could just be because I collect a bunch of this stuff, and this is my, this is like, this is kind of like my man cave, but it's not. <laughs> this is a shared space between me and my wife, because everything behind me is where her uh, arts and crafts and sewing stuff is going to be and all that jazz. So it's not like entirely my room, this half of it where my desk is, is my room though. So, I mean, you know, don't worry, next house, I'm going to have like an actual room that's just me just dedicated to me not that I'm conceited or need it but it's just gonna be me it's gonna be all it's gonna be is Lego and Funko Pops that's it it's not gonna be anything else maybe well my computer stuff my desk my podcasting stuff my my stupid little political signs that I have uh and my bottles of Jack Daniels that I can't part ways with because they're special edition ones so they're cool but yeah, you know that's my desk. If I never showed you a picture of it, it's it's literally Legos, Star Wars models, Black Series figures, Funko Pops out the ass. I got so many Funko Pops, it's not even funny. Well, actually, my collection is relatively light compared to other people's. Other people keep the boxes and everything. I don't. Mine are spread out on this little standy thing over here. They're all staring at me. They're all plotting their take over the world. Maybe. I try to keep them in line too because I have I have some pretty powerful heavy hitter ones, you know. I got Thanos sitting right in front of my computer monitor staring at me with his infinity gauntlet. 
And next to him, I have Kratos and Atreus from God of War, you know. It's a pretty powerful trifecta right there. You could pretty much just wipe out everybody with it. You don't need anything else other than them. I guess there'd be one more thing in that office, too. There'd be tons and tons and tons of Eagles stuff. That's right, because it's football season, folks. And, uh, you know, I can't... I can't talk as in-depth about football this year as I would other years with, with you know, my daughter on the way. Uh, which, by the way, any day now. Any day now. I haven't had, you know, we haven't had her yet. I, I don't know if we went over that bit, but not here yet. Hence, you get new podcasts this week. Enjoy it while you got it. But like you know, my like my buddy texted me the other day uh, and said, "Hey, you want to? Are we doing fantasy draft like we normally do?" And I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Pump, pump the brakes. Uh, first time, first time, dad. Uh, you know, fantasy football. Not this year. <laughs> Not happening. Um, skipping fantasy football this year. Just I, I don't have the time." to invest to properly play that even if it is a, a no money you know league or whatever like I'm not even doing my freebie leagues that I normally would do I usually do I usually personally run a junker league for no money that's just a you know that's just a everybody you know we're, we're just gonna play for funsies uh, and bragging rights and that's it so not even doing that this year. I'm not even doing practice leagues this year. And it doesn't matter anyway. Because some people did their drafts before Andrew Luck abruptly announced his retirement. After having drafted him. I don't know why you would have drafted Andrew Luck anyway. But people did. And they got pissy because, you know, he abruptly retired. And you're screwed because you drafted him. Oh well, you should have drafted a kicker. Duh. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows draft your kicker within the first six rounds. Pretty sure everybody knew that. So, uh, I, so there there might not be as much football infusion in there, but you know, in case you're new around here, we're Philadelphia Eagles fans. We lost our shit two years ago when we won Super Bowl Fifty Two. Uh, at least I did because that all you all you bastards kept telling me that would never happen in my lifetime and not only did I get to watch the first Super Bowl win by the Eagles ever but it was pretty freaking epic too and I did see it in my lifetime and I'm and if there's any time that we're poised to do it again it'd be this year uh because we have some pretty heavy hitters this year all right so watch your trash talk Watch your mouth and get ready to eat your words. Not pointing out names, all right? Not not pointing the finger at anybody, Brian Nichols. But the Cowboys ain't going to the Super Bowl, all right? The Cowboys ain't even going to the playoffs, buddy. All right? Hate to break it to you, but I figure if I told you now, it'd be a lot easier to deal with in December when you figure out that the Eagles are going to the playoffs and you have to deal with that. Just, just throwing it out there, Brian, you know? 
I was in your position once too. I once recalled having to watch a team fail year after year after year after year until we, you know, won. When hey, when you win, it's pretty sweet. When you win, it's it's pretty epic. It's a sweet feeling. You feel really good about yourself. And who knows? Maybe it'll happen in your lifetime, Brian. I don't know. You know, people told me for forever and a day that it would never happen. And that was growing up throughout my childhood, you know, and, and through my teenage years and uh, through some of my adulthood. But, you know, it finally happened is my point. And maybe it'll happen for the Cowboys. It won't happen this year. It's more likely to happen for the Cleveland Browns before it happens for the Cowboys again. And just speaking as a football fan, like, I actually look forward to the Cleveland Browns winning, you know, their first Super Bowl as well. I mean, it, that's going to be pretty epic, especially if it's not the Cowboys. I And I don't know why. I don't know why it's specifically more awesome if it's not the Cowboys, but it just is. It, I, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you, you know? It's crazy. But, yeah. Football kicked off last night, and what the Packers beat the the Bears. It was a it was a relatively boring game, though. I mean, I was I did not hold my interest, and that just might be because I'm not really a Packers and or Bears fan per se. So, but it'll be great to have football back on Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays and all the other days that end in Y because you can watch endless football programming on NFL Network, not an ad or an endorsement, just. Pointing it out. So, uh, well, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about this week is that uh, I think it was just yesterday, or maybe maybe it was within the last two days. CNN had a like massive, massively long, incredibly ridiculously long town hall on climate change. It was like seven hours long. It had the the ten. I guess the, I guess they were calling them the ten primary. Democratic candidates now, even though there's really only like four actual candidates anymore. Uh, one of which was not Tulsi Gabbard, which I think we've gone over enough on this program that it sucks that Tulsi Gabbard isn't in that mix more and that she gets unfair comments slung at her from people like Kamala Harris and all that. I really wish, uh, you know, I really do wish we could have Bernie Sanders here today. That would be something. Uh, I know we had him last week. You know, we we get him often, and sometimes we butt heads. Um, you know, mostly over things like Medicare for all, and uh, that's how last week's. If you missed last week's show, I implore you go back and listen to it because it was a good conversation at the end. But me and me and Bernie butted heads over uh, over Medicare for all. But you know, I, he can't be here today. Obviously, he had that town hall. And uh, he's an older fella. He probably got tuckered out after, you know, seven hours of it or whatever, however long he had. I think each candidate had like 40 minutes to talk about it. I didn't watch any of it, and I'm not going to go back and watch any of it because seven hours is a, just a mite ridiculous uh, for talking about one subject on television. I'm sure some people did watch it. I'm sure some people loved it. I can't imagine why. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, it was probably 10 talking heads saying the same exact thing. And the only takeaway that I got out of it was that Joe Biden popped a blood vessel in his eyeball because that was good enough to be reported on on social media and even some news media websites. So, that being said, Joe Biden is still my favorite Democrat running. I put in air quotes for that 
Of course, you can't see that because it's a freaking audio show. But, you know, if I tell you air quotes, then, then you know, maybe that'll give you the visual of me doing air quotes, which I'm doing right now. I still, I, I love Joe Biden in the race because most people, like the news media wants to eviscerate Joe Biden. They love piling things on Joe Biden. Maybe at the maybe at the bequest of the Democratic National Committee. I don't know. Um, I'm not entirely sure because still, to, still, I say this. I think every week, but I continually pull up the the polling data for it, and still, Joe Biden leads in the polling to be the nominee as as the favorite, and still leads by the largest margin of beating Donald Trump, which that's what the Democratic National Committee's game is. It's not it's not advancing who you think is the best candidate. It's them crafting this to fit who they think is the best candidate. So every time the news media or really more progressive-leaning voters... Uh, jump down Joe Biden's throat. I usually throw up a meme or create a meme or I just throw out a comment that, you know, Joe Biden's the only hope you have. <laughs> because still, to me, that seem, it seems like it's Joe Biden's game. And anything else just doesn't seem like it'll stick. Bernie Sanders, no. Uh, you know, I get the, the criticisms against Bernie Sanders shouting all the time. Uh, I think is a little unwarranted. Uh, that's just because of the media setup of things. You know, there's 10 candidates debating on a stage. Bernie Sanders has to yell and look like a crotchety old man. That's what he has to do to get his name out there. All right, Joe Biden just stumbles through talking points. You know, I mean, like, I'm when I say Joe Biden's the only hope they have, mind you, I'm not impressed by Joe Biden. I wouldn't vote for Joe Biden. Uh, I'm just saying that by the polling data, that's what it is. And then there's a fair argument from people saying maybe you shouldn't go by poll data because it works so well for Hillary Clinton. I mean, facts. Is she president? No. Are there people who go around still calling her Madam President as if she was robbed from the presidency? Yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, which I think is, I, I think it's stupid. But I digress. That's why Joe Biden's my favorite, you know. But the the other reason that I won't watch this huge, ridiculous town hall is because there's only a handful of Democrats that will concede on this point. Uh, When they talk about the Green New Deal and green energy and renewables and transitioning off of carbon-based, you know, power and electric and, and energy... That's the word I'm looking for. Energy. Carbon. Burning off fossil fuels and all that. In that debate, very, very few. Andrew Yang is one of them, I believe. I could be wrong. So, if somebody wants to correct me, by all means, correct me. But, Andrew Yang is one of the ones that has not been um, viciously anti-nuclear. Uh, I think. But a lot of them have. Bernie Sanders, don't even t- 
talk to that guy about nuclear because he hates it and it has no place in his Green New Deal thing. There is literally no talking to that man. See, I told you. What? Bernie? What? (laughs) That was weird. That, That was really weird. I've been having a lot of issues with this program lately. I gotta maybe restart my computer or something. I don't know. But Bernie Sanders, you can't talk to him about nuclear. But from all the research that I've compiled, granted, nuclear energy isn't 100% clean. It's not. It does make a byproduct of nuclear waste that we do have a big question mark on how to store for its breakdown, which takes a while. That is the caveat on nuclear energy. It does create a wasteful byproduct. But as far as does it pollute the environment actively by spitting shit into the sky? No, it doesn't. In fact, it's like the it's one of the cleanest in that in turn in those terms. It is one of the cleanest energies and most efficient energies out there. But Bernie Sanders, that can't be part of his Green New Deal. I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm almost 100% sure it can't be part of AOC's Green New Deal. And they won't budge or concede on that. And then there's a lot of experts that are actually saying that in this transition that we're walking to try to be, you know, using renewable and cleaner energies, that we can't possibly phase nuclear out of that equation for quite some time until the efficiency boosts up from other methods of of energy production. You know, like you know, and mind you, my arguments I don't think are are that ridiculous against it. I'm not sitting here saying that windmills are causing cancer. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that. But there is a lot to be brought up about, you know, the efficiency of uh, the the wind turbines and the efficiency of solar energies. There is something to be said about that. Uh, Because to to get a lot of solar energy, you have to have solar panels made. Uh, They have to either go on rooftops or take up space in fields, which is destructive, which is destructing an ecosystem in an environment. Duh, because you're plowing over land and putting down a bunch of solar panels. Now, you put a bunch of solar panels down on rooftops, it's not a big deal, but I use my house as an example for that. Thanks to government restriction, they were only allowed to develop a system. Like, my roof is covered in solar panels, mind you. My roof is covered in solar panels, but it only covers like 70% on a good year, 70% of my energy needs. Sometimes it's more like 60 or 65. And continually, throughout the years, those panels depreciate a little bit. They don't keep 100% of their production because they age and they get old and then you got to worry about replacing them. Of course, newer, more efficient technologies, longer-lasting technologies come along. But that's the thing. The panels, at some point, they they stop putting out the juice. They stop being so efficient. They go down in efficiency. The bit, like I said, the biggest caveat on nuclear energy is the fact that there is a wasteful product at the end that has to break down and needs storage. And then there is the other caveat of you know 
nuclear me- catastrophic nuclear me- meltdowns like Chernobyl and all that, which, granted, is a little scary, yes, but considering that they have been very isolated incidents and now there's big documentaries exposing what the problems with those were and this is 2019 and all that you know what where would you rather have your money invested in these green technologies or in the in this in this walk towards greener more efficient clean energy and the the thing that the thing that pops up or the thing that doesn't pop up a lot in this discussion is some people are just so convinced that this country can literally just rely on solar panels and wind. Which it can't, by the way. It cannot. Just throwing it out there. Do a little bit of research on the internet. Figure out how much of our energy source comes from carbon-based stuff. And nuclear-based stuff. And then you tell me how this transition can happen without the aid of something like nuclear energy, which is arguably the cleaner, more efficient out of out of carbon. If you want to phase out carbon, that's fine. Open up some more nuclear energy. Open up some new nuclear power plants. There has only been one opened since 2010, I think. And people like Andrew Yang will concede to that. Why am I going to watch a seven-hour town hall of ten talking heads spouting the same talking point, and they're unwilling to really concede on the nuclear energy bit? All right, because Bernie Sanders says, no, no, no. I'm going to do my Bernie Sanders impression now. No, 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 no. Can't do nuclear energy. Andrew Yang, I'm not sure if he's saying open up new energy sources. The compromise issue is just simply not shutting down and moving away from nuclear energy. But really, are you, am I going to watch a town hall where most people, most of those people don't even concede that that needs to be in the playing field? No, I'm not. I'm not going to waste my time with it because it's a spectacle. It's a seven-hour freaking long spectacle in which 10 candidates were talking and maybe two of them had more viable solutions. So that's crazy. And plus, in six days anyway, (laughs) there's going to be a debate that i got to watch, and I'll probably have to figure out how to squeeze that in, taking care of my wife and my newborn child whenever she decides to arrive. Waiting's a little aggravating. Now, another point came up over this past week that I feel like we need to talk about a little bit because this keeps coming back to the forefront. This is going to be a discussion that we have walking into the next season of FritzCast where we're getting ready for the, well, not getting ready, but we're actively living through the 2020 election cycle. And that is people like George Takei. Or Takei, however you want to pronounce it. But George Takei tweeted out uh, on the 2nd an article from CNN Politics which was analysis that says President Trump trails Democrats by a historically large margin. And uh, let let me just point out that in that article it says what I say, by the way. Biden is ahead of Trump by the most. 16 points. 
54% to 38%. Okay, so even CNN agrees with my analysis that Joe Biden is still the one. He's still the only hope you have. Joe Biden, think about that. I mean, better than Hillary Clinton, sure, but still. Anyway, so George Takai tweeted out with that, quote, say it with me, no matter how good or bad the polls are come November 2020, we will vote for the Democratic candidate and definitely not vote for Trump or any lousy third-party spoiler. End quote. If you've listened to FritzCast... Since the dawn of my program, you know my thoughts and feelings on third parties. Which is, we need more. We need more voices, we need more options, we need more solutions, and we need to stop being so freaking binary in American politics. That's part of the problem. For some reason, we can't help but be divisive. We can't help but play team politics. We can't help but be absolutists. People like George Takai are part of the problem. You have a celebrity voice who has popularity among social media like this, has, you know, probably thousands and thousands of followers, if not millions. Now I'm actually curious, so let me click on his profile. 2.9 million followers, my God. And he has a podcast, and he talks about politics a lot. But he is the type that high and mightily says, you know, lousy third-party spoilers. You, you, you put... You do not have the best interest of the nation if you're doing these things. Mm, hello. Maybe that was a bit mean. I don't know. But that's what... He says, a lot of other celebrities echo this, a lot of other talking heads echo this point. And the thing is, is that progressives and Democrats and more left political people, they, would, they were clamoring and screaming at Republicans before Donald Trump got elected. They were screaming, country over party, country over party, people, country over party. That's what they were shouting, but now... Now we're at this point where the the tide changes and the message changes to party over principles. Party over principles. Party over country. Uh, because if it's not Democrats that win, then everybody loses apparently. Now I've gone through the numbers millions and millions of times. By now, I've gone through, I've crunched you guys through numbers and percentages so many times that it's not even funny. That to me, there is no quote unquote lousy third party spoiler. There's not. That's that, what what is lousy is those arguments against those people because those are people that are truly thinking a little bit differently. Instead of boiling this down to a party game, if you will. Everybody should be wanting to move away from this party politic game thing. Alright, now I understand Trump 
more or less wrecked the GOP. <laughs> more or less wrecked Republicanism. Uh, because all the way up until him winning the nomination over Ted Cruz some three years ago, the Republicans clawed and and hacked and tried to make it not happen. And then they saw the news media reactions, the, the publications, the, uh, the everything that generated off of it. And they started salivating. They were like, oh, look at this. We can have this. Sure, he's a madman. And sure, I don't agree with like 90% of what he says or, or any bit of how he says it. But it's getting out there. People are coming to these rallies. People are People are paying attention to him. We are not even having to spend a dime of our own money. For this, they started salivating and, and they compromised on uh, principles and, and, and other things. I don't, I still don't to this day understand some of my friends who are more or less constitutionalists that, you know, more or less like Donald Trump. I think they more or less like Donald Trump for the madness that has happened to the American mainstream media over it. Now, for me, is it fun to see people, like, lose their shit over some of this stuff? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it is, but at the same time, I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of what this has become. And it is such a, a buttonhead thing. Uh, we butt heads over this. We, we literally, we literally uh, tear families apart and... Uh, and tear friendships apart because you can't you're not allowed to think differently apparently you're not allowed to hold different political opinions you'll hear people say this straight up all the time they'll be like oh yeah I'll come over for for dinner let's not talk about religion or politics at all and people say that because nobody knows how to talk to each other anymore like when it comes to let's ban these subjects at our social event because we don't want people arguing and, and fighting and all this crap, so we ban talking about politics and we ban talking about religion. And, you know, we might even ban talking about sports because people get heated about talking about sports. Well, what else is there to talk about at that point? What's left to talk about at that point when you start eliminating all these subjects? Why can't we talk about politics? Because we can't be civil about it. Well, why can't we be civil about it? Because the news media won't let us be civil about it. Now, granted, the person in the hot seat right now in the presidency is like a giant freaking baby who may or may not uh, suffer from some mental issues. Never been unwilling to, to concede to that point. Not me. Not on this show. And that's a bad example. But we as people could be better than what the news media is going to put out for us. Or what George Takai is going to say. You know, don't vote for no lousy third party spoiler. Jump on board the bus. Which, by the way, I replied to him with the lyrics from a song by Rush called Subdivisions. Which, which I think... Uh, which I think it's an accurate highlight of what's going on here. 
Uh, if you never heard the song Subdivisions, it's literally about what we do every day amongst ourselves. Because uh, the chorus to that song goes, Subdivision in the high school halls, in the shopping malls, conform or be cast out. Subdivisions in the basement bars, in the backs of cars, be cool or be cast out. And that's a big problem amongst us. And we shouldn't let that be a big problem. We should not let ideological differences when it comes to this stuff stop us from talking about it. That's why I implore people all the time, I don't like Bernie Sanders. I don't agree with half of what Bernie Sanders has to say. I don't even agree with him on half the stuff that he has to say. And I agree when I see people say, well, he's shouting on stage like a lunatic. Yes, he is. He is shouting on stage like a lunatic. A lot of times that's thanks to that's thanks to the media setup of how these things work, number one. Number two, that's how he gets a word in edgewise. But number three, how many of those people have sat down and listened to Bernie Sanders' episode on the Joe Rogan experience? Because that is a perfect highlight of how people should hear Bernie Sanders. It shouldn't be on a debate stage shouting his head off like like cra- like your crazed uncle on Thanksgiving. It should be him talking calmly and smoothly and having the time to talk on Joe Rogan's podcast. Same thing, uh, Tulsi Gabbard's episodes on Joe Rogan's podcast. I think she's been on twice, maybe three times. Excellent. And I don't agree with her on everything, especially not domestically. Internationally and foreign policy, like me and her are hand in hand. But some of the domestic policy, eh, or not so much. But, you know, uh, you can't accurately hear these things, engage them, unless they're given an accurate shot, unless they're given the right context and time. And us as a culture doing this divisive game needs to stop. Us doing this thing where we say, oh, yeah, we'll have a social gathering, but we're not going to talk about religion or politics. Those are banned topics. Even doing it in households, even doing it in households with your children isn't helping anything. It's actually causing even more of a divide because people don't know how to talk to each other. And guess what? With the way technology's been going, my generation got to experience it growing up. And the generation after me, including the generation of what my daughter will be in, thanks to the way people have raised their children and and internet and and communications online have changed reality, people can't talk to each other anymore. And when people can't talk to each other anymore, when everything becomes a 280-character hot take on politics and dunking on people and just making people feel shitty about each other, yeah, clearly we have a problem. And I think... George Takei tweets about how we're all going to vote Democrat or shut the fuck up definitely doesn't help at all. Now, guys, that's going to do it for me. As you know, as I've ended every episode these past couple weeks, uh, it could be any day now. So there is a good to fair chance that next week I won't be around. But I should be around. We don't know. We don't know. I'll keep you guys updated on that. But until then, you can follow me on Facebook.com slash TheFritzCast, Twitter at FritzQS, Instagram FritzCast, 
and uh, fritzcastpodcast at gmail.com if you want to reach me directly. Until then, remember, I love you guys. I hope we can do better. I apologize that I couldn't get Bernie Sanders on the show today, but, you know, he's a busy guy. All right? He did a, a, a 72-hour town hall on CNN about green energies and all that, in which he would not concede that nuclear energy probably needs to be in the playing field, which is a bit ridiculous. So if you ever hear Bernie Sanders saying something about nuclear energy being bad, maybe bring up the good points of nuclear energy. You don't. I'm, I'm not sitting here like, let's just wave the nuclear energy banner and just you know say it's the best thing since sliced bread. But it's got some good points, it's got some benefits, and it needs to be in that discussion if we're talking about Green New Deals and crap. And I forget what else I was going to say. Was I going to? Oh yeah, go Eagles! Go Eagles! And anybody playing the Cowboys, love you guys. And I'll see you when I see you. Maybe next week. Maybe in a couple weeks. Who knows? Peace.